might just see how far the Scottish hammer can drill this <laughs> thing. Right. Inside the 10 yard line. Inside the 10, baby. Well, a happy football morning to you and yours from Dogs by Nature. I am your host, Thelonious7. This is the Sunday Morning Post. Ahead on the Sunday Morning Post, we are going to have our top three stories. We are then going to focus on five games of import to the Cleveland Browns. Finally, we're going to finish up looking closer at the matchup between the Browns and the Rams, which is going to be the primetime game for the NFL this Sunday night. Well, let's get started by looking at the injury reports for this game. The Cleveland Browns put a whopping 18 players on the injury report for this game. Not all of them are injury related, of course, but still, it's a lot of guys to have on there. Now, four players are going to be out for this game already. Number one is going to be David Njoku, of course, who is going to be on the IR. Additionally, Demarius Randall continues to remain on the sidelines with a concussion. Backup tackle Kendall Lamb remains sidelined. And additionally, Christian Kirksey will only be able to provide moral support during this game. Now, in addition to those players who are already out, we have questionable Rashard Higgins, who hopefully can return back from his knee issues from week one. Christian Hubbard is also questionable this week, which brings up the huge issue at tackle at the offensive line for the Browns. Additionally, Sheldrick Redwine, Greedy Williams, and Denzel Ward have hamstring issues. Adarius Taylor looks to be questionable again with his ankle issue. And with all that, with all those questions, with all those injuries, you really wonder what kind of a team you're going to have stepping up for the Browns this week. One of the next men up for the Browns as they respond to these injuries is going to be Willie Harvey. Now, I don't know if you remember Willie Harvey from the preseason, but he was an undrafted free agent out of Iowa State who uh, played linebacker for the Browns. And he made a huge play at the end of the... I want to say it was at the end of the Colts game to, to um, salvage a victory for the Browns. Uh, made a huge play on fourth down to keep them out of the end zone. We found some audio from last year uh, in his Iowa State days. I'll give you a little insight on the kind of player that Willie Harvey is. Kind of maxed potato to the boundary. And I saw that and I creeped in. Great, great play call by Coach Haycock. And I guess he didn't see me coming. I mean, I hit him. Mike Rowe made an amazing play on the ball and he scored. What was the play call? I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. 
how, how badly did you guys need something to, to happen there? We, we know we needed a spark. I mean, down 17 to 4. I mean, many of the fans thought it was over probably, but we knew we believed in ourselves. And I'm glad I would be the one that sparked the plug and we finished it off the right way. Was he holding the ball just away from him, or how did you kind of get in there to jar it loose? I just hit him as hard as I could. <laughs> Harvey was a huge playmaker at Iowa State. He had some success in the preseason. Let's see if we can translate a little bit of that in Sunday night's game. The next thing we wanted to talk about is the unique challenge that the LA Rams bring into Cleveland. We know all about Aaron Donald. We talked a lot about Aaron Donald yesterday. Wanted to talk about the Rams offense from the perspective of Jared Goff. The way they push each other and the way that they hold each other to such a high standard and are so unselfish and, and, and so team oriented, it, it makes my job so much easier. And, um, I don't have to think about, man, this guy hasn't touched the ball in a while. I need to make sure I get him the ball. It's, it's really, you know, freeing to be able to just throw it to whoever's open and throw it to whoever we try to get open. And um, they understand that and do a great job with it. Always confident in them. You know, they're, they're a great group and have been for, you know, quite a few years now. And, uh, you know, Miles is obviously a great player, as is their whole, whole D-line. And, you know, our, our guys are up, up for the challenge. They look forward to it, and um, I look forward to it. Um, just everything we do every week to prepare for an away game. Uh, you know, I'm sure it will be loud, and we play in a lot of loud environments, and um, but we'll be ready. Yeah, we, we do a lot of stuff in practice to get ready for it. Jared Goff is also going to take us to our third big point of this game, which is the setting and location of the event. Yesterday on the opposition's position, we had Tom on from... He added this about the location. Obviously, the Rams will expect it to be really loud in the dog pound on Sunday night. It's the first time in about 15 or so years that Sunday night football has been played in Cleveland. But at the same time, the Rams actually travel away from home really well. Uh, they have a 15-3 record under Sean McVay away from home. So it's not like they've struggled on the road so far. And they've played some tough games in some tough away environments, um, not least the um, NFC Championship in the Superdome, which was obviously really, really loud. Um, and it did affect the Rams, I think, early on in that game. Um, but ultimately, um, Jared Goff ended up coming up after that game and saying that it wasn't loud enough. So I think they'll be all right um, playing away in Cleveland. But um, you never really know, especially on, on prime time, how these things can turn out. Thanks again to Tom from Essex for this contribution. After this short break, we're going to get back with Focus on 5 and then, of course, get into the Browns game. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature. It's time to Focus on 5. The Focus on Five is a segment where we look at the five games that are of most import to Cleveland and their postseason chances. We start off the Focus on Five with a surprising entrant. The Buffalo Bills started off their season at 2-0 and they host the Cincinnati Bengals in a 1 o'clock showdown. We're going to hear from Josh Allen and what he's thinking about going into this game. Well, we are really taking one game at a time. We understand that, you know, it's only been two games. Um, last time I checked, 
nobody's done anything special by just winning two games. So um, we're putting those behind us, focusing on Cincinnati right now, uh, just trying to put our best foot forward and, and game plan and prepare as, as well as we can uh, so we can go out there on Sunday and, and you know strive for 1-0 each week. Well, we, we understand, you know, the tensions and the, hot, the hopes, the energy in the stadium is going to be really high on Sunday. Um, we got to kind of be able to weather that and understand and, and play within ourselves. You know, coach, you know, told us today, it's not where we play, it's how we play. Uh, we're going to take that, you know, to heart. We're going to game plan. Like I said, our coaches are going to do a good job game planning. Um, they're going to do a good job putting it in. We're going to do a good job practicing. And then hopefully on Sunday, we go out there and we execute how we're supposed to. And, um, you know, that's all we're kind of looking forward to is just being able to execute how we know we can um, and not really letting anything outside of, of us affect us. What have you seen from the Yeah, I mean, I. You know, that game's passed them. Um, it's still, I think it's a very talented group they got on defense. You know, this major pass disruptors up front, um, you know, with Atkins and uh, 96 there. And, you know, in the back end, they got some corners that can run and that can be physical, and their safeties move very well. So, um, you know, I think from, from 1 to 11 on that defense, they got guys that really care about doing their job. You know, they're going to be energetic. They're going to come to our place and, and try to get in our face. And, um, you know, we're excited for the challenge. You know, it's a good team, so we got to prepare as hard as we can. Wow, Josh Allen leads the surprising Buffalo Bills. In an earlier press conference in the week, he said that that was the only team in New York. Big words from Josh Allen. Let's see if he can back it up this Sunday. Now, initially in this game, I think it seems like the Cincinnati Bengals got an uphill challenge. I actually feel like in this game that the, the Bengals match up to the Buffalo Bills better than people would think. And I think that the Bills offense had trouble moving the ball in general. And I have a feeling they're going to struggle with that defensive front of Cincinnati. Picking the Bills to win outright at home. But I would not at all be surprised if Cincinnati uh, wouldn't cover the spread in that game. It's six points. And I can easily see Cincinnati coming away with the victory here. But we're going with the Bills on paper right now. In the second game in our Focus on Five, we turn to the Pats and the Jets. The zombie division brings us yet another spectacular matchup. Let's hear from Greg Williams before we give us probably the most predictable pick of the week. What, uh, what kind of challenge does Patriots offense? Always is a big challenge. And, and again, um, that centers around the quarterback. And uh, best of all time, who knows, you know. And, and uh, he's a good friend, except not on that day. He participates every single year in my foundation for kids. You know, and uh, I really appreciate him doing that. Don't even have to ask him anymore. He just does it, and uh, which is excellent. But uh, on Sunday, you know, we're on opposing sidelines. He's excellent. And uh, Josh, his coach is very good. have a lot of respect for him on the different times and places I've coached against him or, you know, he's been, you know, calling the plays. And then Bill Belichick and I go so far back and, you know, he's mentored me on some things. And when I first broke in the league and he was just coming back to Cleveland at that time, back in the early 90s, and um, – Share. We've, we've both shared a lot of different things throughout the years, you know, and have copied from me, copied from him, and they're, um, they're always very well prepared, and that's the thing. 
Yeah, of course, Greg Williams claiming responsibility for all the Patriots' success. The outcome for this game is pretty much a foregone conclusion, but not so much for our third matchup between the Southwestern Pennsylvania Steelers as they travel out west to visit the 49ers. Let's hear what Kyle Shanahan has to say about this matchup. I know it's just a game on the schedule, but home opener and the fact that you guys started out so well with a 2-0 record, you, you expect just kind of a little bit of a special vibe in the ballpark and, and you know, how, how good we're um, I mean, I think you, I love, I love when you give momentum to the fans and stuff. Hopefully they're excited us coming back and it's the first game of the year. Um, hopefully they're excited with it is the first game and that we are 2-0. and And I hope we come out there and play well because of it. I, mean, I know our guys are ex pumped to be back. We've been on the road for a while and uh, this will be our first game in the stadium this year and um, we plan on being a good year in our stadium. Well, you, you haven't been in this situation and neither of most of the guys on the team. Do you have to temper expectations or, or try and make sure they don't get, you know, look too far ahead or beyond this game? Um, uh, I don't think so. I think our I think our team is smart enough and knows um, knows the deal. I mean, there's not one person in our building, at least that I've noticed, that feels like we've arrived by any means. I mean, um, we won a very hard, um, fought game that was sloppy at times the first week that easily could have gone the other way. Um, we know, um, you know, our guys came out ready to go last week, and everything kind of just clicked. Um, but I mean, if, if you think that at all, I, I promise you, you're going to get humbled this week. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. And, um, you know, we feel good being 2-0, and but I mean, you go into the bye week 2-1 and one, and that's all taken away. Um, it's very important to us to go into this bye week 3-0 and and um, you can't just wake up on Sunday and decide to do that. You better be as humble as can be and uh, our backs are against the wall the way I look at it. And we got to come out just as hungry as um, Pittsburgh's going to be because I know their backs are against the wall and I know their coaching staff, know a lot of their players and I know it's going to be extremely hard physical game on Sunday. Shanahan is right here. This game could be a brutal physical game for sure. Um, I don't really know which way to lean in this one. You, you don't really know what you're going to see in Mason Rudolph's second outing. Tomlin and his boys will absolutely have their backs against the wall. We're going to keep an eye on this game for the 4 o'clock hour. Right now I have the 49ers getting the win in this one, but in all honesty, I don't know what to expect for this confrontation. There's a very good chance that the greater Allegheny region could be looking at an 0-3 start to the season. Now moving on to the fourth game on Focus on Five. We go to Arrowhead Stadium where the Ravens take on the Chiefs. We're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, they do a lot of different things. They do a lot of different things well. I think that's the biggest thing is they're, they're very sound with what they do. They don't have a lot of breakdowns. Uh, they have a, a really good defense, uh, and they have, they have a great offense and a great special team. So, I mean, it's going to be a great challenge for us. I'm excited for the uh, the opportunity to play them at home. Pat, Earl Thomas has said he plans to eliminate all of the big plays. Is that possible for one guy to accomplish at the free safety? Yeah, I mean, they have, they have a great defense, and Earl's a, a great player and has been a great player for a long time. Uh, so for us, we're just going to try to do our job and uh, move the ball uh, down the field in whatever way possible, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to hit some of those plays. What stands out to you, though, about watching him and Thomas when you see him on the 
Yeah, he's, he's extremely smart. I mean, obviously, he's physically uh, very gifted. Uh, he can do a lot of different things, but he's able to recognize routes and, and break on them uh, fast. And so you, you see that type of stuff, and you think there's times where he can shoot some balls and, into some different seams, and then he makes plays on them. So he's a guy that's been doing it, doing it for a while now, and he has a, a lot of talent. Go up against Lamar Jackson. You're obviously playing the Ravens defense, but what does it mean that you guys are kind of the young guns here? That matchup, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great experience. I mean, we got to play last year uh, once, and then seeing his uh, progression with the understanding of the offense, I mean, I understand uh, going from year one to year two, there's a huge switch that you kind of start understanding the offense at a different level, and it's able to let him uh, have success more as a passer, which, I mean, he has he's always had the talent, but it's about learning the offense, and, he, and he's done that now. And then, obviously, with his running ability, he can still do that. So it's going to be a great challenge, like I said, for, for our whole team. They're, they're, they're great in every aspect of the game and I feel like we are too, so it'll be a, a great opponent to start off with at home. The Chiefs made a lot of changes this offseason with their defense. Yeah. From what you played well, against them last year and what you've seen on them on film so far, how, how big of a change has the, the Chiefs defense been? Uh, new faces in the secondary, um, new ends. Um, got one from Seattle this year, um, speed, speed rush type of guy. Uh, just going to have to see when we get on the field. You know, film can tell you anything. No, it's Ravens versus Chiefs. You know, I don't really look at it like I'm competing against him. I'm competing against his defense, if anything. Uh, I depend on my defense, you know, to do a great job of stopping him. And my job is to score points. So that, that's what I'm going to do. Lamar, well, you've had a lot of impressive stats, but you also haven't thrown an interception, I think, in, in a See, now you want to jinx me. <laughs> you ain't supposed to say nothing about it. We, we, we going good, baby. What's the key to avoiding turnovers like that? Try to complete every ball. Try to hit your um, receivers on the helmet with the ball, hit them in the hands, um, and stride. Uh, try not to throw any um, throw interceptions. Um, my job is to not have any turnovers. I think in this Sunday's game, we're going to see if Lamar Jackson's improvements as a passer are for real. Um, I think that there's been a lot of information that needed to be gained from both of these teams. And I think we're going to get a lot of answers to questions on this Sunday's game. Right now, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in the game. The Chiefs are a six and a half point favorite. And I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to cover the spread as well. And when it's all said and done next week, I think we will have a showdown an initial showdown for first place in the AFC North. We're going to take a quick break, but on the other side, we'll get back with your matchup of the Browns versus the Rams. You're listening to the Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature. Welcome back to your Sunday Morning Post on Dogs by Nature. Ahead, we're going to hear from Sean McVay, Freddie Kitchens, and Todd Monken about what they're expecting in this game. And then we're going to get to the matchups. In this clip, McVay describes the challenges he sees in Baker Mayfield. Yeah, you know, I, I think what you see, you know, I think, you know, you have a natural tendency to go towards, okay, if it's a smaller in stature, but what you see is a guy that plays the position at a really high level. Uh, he can make plays in rhythm. Um, there's no throws that he can't make. You know, I, I think he does a great job. He can he can drive intermediate in breaking cuts. I mean, you see a third and long that he hit against the Jets. Does a great job manipulating the, the coverage with his eyes and then hitting the backside dig. He can create off schedule as well as anybody. Um, and then just the fiery competitor. So I mean, he's he's playing the position at a high level. He's making good decisions. You know, everybody makes a big deal about 
you know, you know how long you're holding it, whatever. Well, each play, sometimes it's he's doing a great job recognizing a three-man rush, breaking contain, and then guys are working for him off schedule. So um, when you flip the film on, you see a really good, um, a really good quarterback who's only getting better and who's a great competitor that makes people around him better. Well, I think that's what's so hard about the quarterback position, Vinny, is there's so many different situations, circumstances that dictate whatever that answer is. But ultimately, if the things are there in rhythm, you know, you want guys to read with your feet, play within the timing and rhythm of the play, understanding that there's 22 moving parts that don't go exactly how you want it as a coach. So I think there's a feel to it, knowing when, okay, if the rush lanes are, you know, they're not, they're, the integrity is lost, can I break contain, getting some depth while keeping my eyes down the field? And I think as much as anything, it's a feel. And I think he's got a great feel for when to stay in rhythm or maybe even off schedule in the pocket if the rush allows or if he's got to get flushed and then got do a great job working for him off schedule. Well, Todd Monken continues on Baker Mayfield. On average, holding the ball more than three seconds uh, before passing, um, which is up from where he was last year. What are some things that you can do? And Freddie said that you're looking at ways to lower that number. You can use an offense to, to ensure that he's releasing the ball a lot quicker than, than he had. Sure, that's that's always something we look at, you know, trying to get the ball and rhythm, quick game, rhythm throws. Um, you know, some of that comes with screen game, some of it comes in the RPO world, some of it comes in scheme, some of it comes in protection. It's all the above, something we got to be better at. How, how do you sort of, you know, when you sum up Baker over the first two weeks, you know, what can you guys do to just kind of get things rolling a little bit more and how do you explain why things are getting off to a little bit of a slower start than you would like? Well, first, I think he's played his butt off. I really do. I think he's competed awfully, awfully hard, you know, other than the, the back end of the first game when we were down and, you know, that's his nature is to try and, and make a play, but I think he's played awfully well. We've got to, I'm sure he would say that he could play better, but in... As much as you'd like to see Baker Mayfield come into his own on this game, I think that the issue of injuries is definitely going to be one that's going to plug the team. I would love to see Baker Mayfield have a breaking out party against the LA Rams. It seems like the injuries are going to be quite a big part of the story for this game. Uh, out, we got Christian Kirksey, we got Kendall Lamb, we got David Njoku, we got Demarius Randall. Questionable, we got Morgan Burnett, we got Rashard Higgins, we got Chris Hubbard, we got Sheldrick Redwine, we got Chris Smith, we got Audarius Taylor, we got Denzel Ward, we got Greedy Williams. Again. Settle down. Everything? I mean, I get that. Okay, just four out of Okay, so questionable, you got Burnett, Higgins, Hubbard, Redwine, Smith, Taylor, Ward, Williams. Thank you. Some guys are questionable, so I'm guessing there'll be game time decisions or close to game time decisions. Yeah. Is that uncertainty make it difficult on a unit, whether it's a secondary, whether it's the old line, not knowing if Hub's going to be in there? It does, but we preach uh, preparation during the course of the week, and uh, that goes for the backup guys just as it does the starters. Because once you're in the game, you could become a starter with one play. So uh, nothing's really changed from that aspect. Let's get into the matchups for this game. 
you're listening along at home, you can tune in to Dogs by Nature, the Rams versus the Browns NFL Week 3 Preview and Prediction page. There we'll preview the matchups and we'll see and we'll see if we agree with Chris Popcorny and his assessment of this game. We start out at quarterback, where he says that Jared Goff has a slight advantage over Baker Mayfield. It seems like Baker Mayfield has a lot to work on this week in this game. Jared Goff, the NFC defending champion quarterback. You can see where he gets the edge there. For the second week in a row, however, Chris gives the nod to an opposing running back. This week it's Todd Gurley. And I mean, with Todd Gurley and uh, Le'Veon Bell, I can totally understand how these guys can get the nod over Nick Chubb. But for me, I still believe that Nick Chubb will be the best running back on the field in this week as well. Moving along the wide receiver, Chris has this matchup listed as even. I think top to bottom, the Rams probably have more talent on offense at wide receiver position. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. A great trifecta at wide receiver for them. I would say that the Browns probably have more top-end talent, but all the way through the roster, I really do maybe favor even the LA Rams at wide receiver. Moving to the offensive line, he lifts these units both as even and no reason to really argue with this. I felt like the Browns really rebounded last week from their uh, dreadful week one performance at offensive line. Um, the Rams have had some issues with injuries as well and we'll see if Miles Garrett and some of the other dogs can get home against Jared Goff this week. Chris lists the defensive lines as an even matchup and I, I don't know if I can agree with that. You got the best player in the league, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> anchoring a, a unit that he's used to working with. I really feel like they have a leg up in this situation. The secondary, however, does seem like it's going to be something that will be in the Rams' favor because of the fact that the Browns have so many injuries going into this game. With special teams not necessarily being a plus or minus for either team, I think it's time for us to get to our predictions for this week's game. This is going to be a game about matchups. It's going to be the Rams offense versus the Browns defense. And that's going to be the primary place where this game is going to be decided. Uh, if the Browns aren't able to at least in some way slow down the run as Miles Garrett had pointed out earlier in the week. I don't think that they're going to be able to deal with the level of um, variety to, of the uh, Rams attack on offense. On the other side of the ball, I think that the Browns' offense is going to have a chance to be successful against the Rams' defense if and only if they get the ball out of Baker's hands as quickly as possible. We'll see if that's going to be the formula for success this week for Cleveland, but the way I see it now, I really see the Rams being about a 10-point uh, margin of victory better in this game. The line is only 3.5, so I'd probably be on the Rams in this one. I'm hoping that I'm wrong on this and that the Browns find a way to pull it out. I think it's very possible if they can control the clock a bit more with and keep the ball out of the hands of Jared Goff. We'll have to see if the fans can somehow find a way to rattle Jared Goff because uh, he seems to be unflappable in some way, but maybe we can give him something to think about. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for us here at Sunday Morning Post. My name is Thelonious7. Guys, have a great weekend and go Browns. This is the Sunday Morning Post.